Well, good morning, Crossroads family. I am so glad that you are here with us today. Listen, I am excited about about what God is doing here at Crossroads. We had a great cruise-in event last week where we were able to connect with thousands of people throughout the course of the day in a socially distant and very safe way, might might I add. But I got to be honest with you, I'm looking forward with great anticipation to what's going to be happening in these next few weeks. We have our best weekend ever coming up September 11th through 13th, and I got to be honest with you, my dear friend and a mentor of mine, John Hauser, is going to be joining us for this amazing weekend. We're going to have services on Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday morning. We're going to have food trucks outside. We are going to have everything you can imagine, an outdoor family movie night, a giant bonfire. It's going to be a great weekend. In fact, it's going to be the best weekend ever, and I just want to encourage you today, save the date, clear your calendar, and plan on joining us, because this is going to be a great opportunity to just re-engage, refocus on who you are as a child of God, and make sure that your life is focusing on the things that really matter. It's going to be a fantastic event. I'm challenging you right now, clear your schedule, because you are not going to want to miss it. The best weekend ever, September 11th through 13th. I will say no more. Here's the thing. We're in week three of our series called Succession, and this series is all about creating a legacy of faith in your life that you will be able to pass on to the next generation. And at the end of the day, there really isn't anything that is more important than that, than having a legacy of faith, something that has eternal value, eternal significance, that you can pass on to the people around you, that you can pass on to your children so that the next generation can thrive in their own faith and their own relationship with Jesus. And we've been walking through the story of Elijah, and in the next weeks we'll be talking about the transition of faith from Elijah to Elisha, the prophet who followed him. But what we're learning is that if you're going to build this foundation to faith that you're going to be able to pass on, that is a true legacy, It starts with dedication. It's focusing on who you are and who you are going to be. It's about becoming like Jesus. It continues with desperation, realizing I need Jesus. I cannot do this on my own. When I try to carry the the burdens of this world on my own, I become burned out and worn out and depleted. I have to rest in the arms of Jesus. We focused on that last week with Elijah and realizing that the thief, the devil, he just wants to steal your joy, to kill your spirit. He wants to destroy your soul. And we have to rest in the arms of Jesus. We have to take time to get away with him. And that's the perfect segue into today's idea where it takes discipline. And listen, nobody likes to talk about discipline, all right? In fact, America as a whole right now, I think, doesn't want to talk about discipline because word on the street is COVID-19 does not stand any longer for the name of the virus that's going around our, our, our world. COVID-19 is now the reference to the 19 pounds that everyone has gained during COVID-19, all right? So nobody wants to talk about discipline right now because the truth of the matter is when we're talking about discipline, We're talking about doing something that is difficult. We're talking about doing something that takes work, that requires focus. But the truth of the matter is, as difficult as it is to talk about discipline, as as, as least of fun of, of, of a topic that that is, the realization is that anything worth fighting for in your life, anything worth doing requires discipline. Whether you're trying to lose that 19 pounds that you've gained over COVID-19, whether you're trying to get great at an instrument 
or get good at a job or get educated and get out there and improve your life, it takes discipline. It takes focus. It takes work. And your relationship with God is no different. When it comes to discipline and your relationship with Jesus, I want you to know today it's all about creating space in your life to hear God's voice. That's what discipline does for you in your relationship with God, in strengthening your faith. Discipline creates space in your life to hear God's voice. I want to ask you something before we dive in today. Are you creating space right now in your daily schedule to truly listen to God's voice? What's he saying to you? How is he drawing you to become more like him? Because here's the thing, when we read the scripture in James 4, you realize this is critical to our relationship with God. It says in James 4, 8, come close to God and God will come close to you. Now you hear that scripture a lot. I say that a lot. That's one of my favorite promises and statements in scripture. When I draw close to Jesus, when I take that step toward Jesus, he closes that gap and he comes close to me. But James wasn't finished there. It goes on to say, wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. Boy, that gets deep. That gets in your face, right? Because it's that realization that, hey, if I'm going to draw close to Jesus, there's some things that I've got to take care of in my own life. And while the reality is that no one likes to be called a sinner, right? Like, hey, stop judging me. The truth of the matter is we're all sinners. Every one of us has fallen short. We all need Jesus. Every single one of us. I need Jesus. And the reality is, is that when I realize that I need Jesus, and I take that step toward him. When I draw close to Jesus, he closes that gap, and he draws close to me. But I have to humble myself. I have to get to that place where I realize I can't navigate this life on my own. If I'm going to build a legacy of faith that truly has eternal significance, a foundation for faith that I can pass on to the next generation, I desperately need Jesus. I need the discipline to create space in my life for God to move. The problem is that pride gets in our way, right? My pride prevents me from hearing God's voice because constantly I will say to myself, I've got this, I can do this on my own. And that is constantly over and over again, the thing that's getting me in trouble, right? I was reminded about one of my most embarrassing moments in my life recently when I was over at Mishawaka enjoying church at the park, which by the way, has been an amazing experience. I believe that's happening through Labor Day. So if you haven't gotten out there yet, honestly, you should go check it out because it is amazing. But here's the thing. One of those guys over there, cool guy named Tim, he does what they call skateboard cam. He rolls around the whole place on his skateboard and gets kind of this 360 view of what's happening at the park. Well, while I was over there, he asked if I wanted to get on the skateboard. There were people watching and listen, every single one of them, they had 
no idea that I could actually ride a skateboard. In fact, I'm pretty sure they were kind of chuckling like, Pastor Tim on a skateboard. Well, I got news for you. When I was in seventh grade, I skateboarded. So there's that. I rode on that skateboard. I went up a little hill. I turned around. I came down. And that was when I had the flashback. That was when I immediately jumped off that skateboard because I was not going to do again what was so embarrassing and humiliating years before my life. You see, my skateboarding career ended when I was about in seventh grade, right? It lasted about a year because I was trying to impress some friends who had just gone down a hill on a skateboard. I attempted to do the same thing. I got all wobbly. I ran off the road into mud. I went flying and literally left an impression of my face in the mud. Everyone is laughing hysterically at me, and I'm I'm thinking to myself, my career as a skateboarder is finished, all right? Listen, you've got to humble yourself. Your pride is going to get in the way every single time because you think you're better at something than you really are. And when it comes to life, when it comes to your relationship with God, building a legacy of faith that's going to last, that you can pass on for generations to come, you need Jesus. You have to humble yourself. You have to create space for God to move. Because if you try to do all this stuff on your own, you're just going to get burned out. You're going to get beaten up. You're going to become broken down, just like Elijah was. And we've been walking through this story of Elijah, and you realize that with Elijah, he's had this amazing moment on Mount Carmel. He has called fire down from heaven. Everyone has turned to God. He has this moment that everyone would love to have in their lives. But the very next day, Queen Jezebel says, you're going to be dead by the end of this day. So he takes off for his life. Suddenly he's gone from the mountain high to the lowest low because now he's fearing for his life. He's taken his focus off of God and now he's overrun by these fears and worries of life. So he runs for 40 days out to the wilderness, to the mountain of God. And it is there that he has an encounter with God. And when God shows up and speaks to Elijah, he doesn't comfort him. He doesn't pat him on the back and say, oh, poor Elijah, I know you're hurting. No, God simply says to him, Elijah, what are you doing here, man? What are you doing here? And it's at that moment that Elijah's having the full-blown pity party. He's saying, I'm the only prophet of God left. I'm the only one doing what I'm supposed to do. Please have pity on me. Oh, I'm the best, and I'm being treated like the worst. I mean, it's a total pity party. And it's in that moment that the story picks up here in 1 Kings 19.11, where God says to Elijah, go out and stand before me on the mountain. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by. And a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. This would have been an extraordinary moment for Elijah. The presence of God is passing right in front of him. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. This is the presence of God. This is the way that God is speaking to Elijah. It is a gentle whisper. And he says, it says this, when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. This is an amazing moment. The spirit of God is passing behind or in front of, of Elijah on this mountain. The presence of God is surrounding him in all of these 
powerful um, demonstrations of who God is. And yet it's that moment where Elijah hears the gentle whisper that in terror he covers his face and goes out to the entrance of the cave to hear what God has to say. Here's the thing. God speaks to us in that gentle whisper. He'll speak to you the same way he spoke to Elijah in that still, small voice. And that's why it's so important that we are able to be still. That's why it's so important that we focus on creating space to listen for God's voice. Because too often we're we're inundated with the distractions and the noise of life. And because we're engaged and caught up in all these different things, we miss out on what God is trying to speak into our lives. This takes discipline. I've got to focus on who God is, who he's wanting me to be, and focus on everything I can, on how I can best listen to his voice. Psalm 46.10 says, be still and know that I am God. Be still. Create space for God to speak to you. Because when you do this, when you create this space, I'm telling you, God will speak to you. You will hear him speak. Here's the thing. You ask yourself, well, how does God speak, right? What does that look like in my life? Am I going to hear this booming voice over a megaphone in the sky? What does that look like? Here's the answer. There are five ways. This is pretty amazing. Check this out. Number one, God speaks through scripture. Check out what it says in 2 Timothy 3.16. It says, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. This is the written word of God. You have access to the word of God. When you read scripture, God's word is powerful and alive. It speaks to you. You have to create space in your routine. Set aside time to spend time in God's word. He will speak to you through his word. It is active and it is alive. Create space to spend time with God in his word. That's one way that he speaks to us through scripture. He also speaks to us through prayer. This is when I set aside time to talk with Jesus. It says this, Jesus is talking in Matthew chapter six. This is the Sermon on the Mount. He says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. He's saying, don't do all of your acts of righteousness. Don't do all this Christian stuff just to be seen by other people. No, do this stuff, put these disciplines into place in your life so that you can draw close to Jesus. That's the point of all this. Not so everybody can pat you on the back and say, man, you, you pray great prayers. I mean, that's not the goal here. The goal is talking to Jesus, being able to hear his voice, listening to him, becoming more like him, building that foundation for a faith that you can pass on to the next generation. You've got to carve out time to talk with Jesus. Jesus says this in verse six, but when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. What a powerful statement from Jesus on prayer. Remember, prayer is just a conversation with Jesus. I want to encourage you today. You might not uh, have known Jesus for very long in your life. You might not know yet how to pray. Start by just having a conversation with Jesus. You don't have to have any fancy prayers memorized. You don't have to have anything that's uh, you know, well-written out or traditional. Talk with Jesus. Praise him. Show some appreciation for who he is. Present your requests to him, what you need. 
have some moments where you just surrender and say, Jesus, I need you. If there's anything in my life that you're wanting me to, to surrender to you, I'm giving it to you. These are sacred moments where you can spend time with Jesus and hear his voice. I love this. God speaks also through the Holy Spirit. Now, you guys, we're going through a lot of scripture here, and we're going fast. But listen, this is gold. Please lean into this, because this will change the trajectory of your relationship with Jesus. If you put this to place in your life, you got to carve out time, the discipline to spend time in God's word, to spend time in prayer. And then you've got to listen to his voice, because he speaks to us through his Holy Spirit. We believe that when you accept Jesus into your heart, when you say yes to Jesus, Jesus, I need you. I believe that he comes into your heart, that his Holy Spirit begins moving and working in your life, and he will guide you into becoming who it is that he wants you to be. It is a beautiful thing. God's Spirit lives in you. You become his dwelling place. It's an amazing thing that happens when you invite Jesus into your life. And so it says this in Galatians. It says, Paul writes here, I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the spirit, listening to his voice, let us follow the spirit's leading in every part of our lives. You guys, this is the blueprint for how you become like Jesus. This is the blueprint for how you create space in your life to really hear God's voice. He speaks to us through scripture. He speaks to us when we spend time with him in prayer. He speaks to us through his Holy Spirit. Let this become real in your life. Create space to truly listen to his voice. Here's another one. God speaks through creation. This is great. It says in Psalm 19, the heavens uh, proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make him known. This is what happens when you get inspired by a beautiful sunset or you're sitting outside at night and you see all the stars and you realize God has created this. We will never be able to fully grasp or understand his very creation. And yet he is the author of that. It just brings praise and focus to God. And he will speak to you in those moments because you realize, man, I'm really not that big of a deal and I need Jesus. Finally, and this is really cool, God speaks through you. He speaks through scripture. He speaks through prayer through the Holy Spirit, through creation. Oddly enough, and most amazingly enough, he speaks through each and every one of us. He will speak through you. You will be able to impact someone's life because God is speaking through you. It says in Romans, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. And a voice said, here's the thing. I got ahead of myself there for a second. Here's the thing. If you have gifts and abilities that God has given you, here at Crossroads, we are all about using those gifts and abilities, our time, our talent, and treasure, to contributing to the community. That's the way you're going to engage at Crossroads, get engaged with small groups, get engaged with people who have the same gifts and abilities that you do and the same passions. And you're going to grow in your faith because God is speaking through you. You're engaged in who he is and who he is calling you to be, and that's where life is lived to the fullest. We have to create space, you guys, for God to move in our lives and create space for him to speak to us. So here's the thing. Moving on with the story of Elijah. Getting back to this story. Elijah focused on himself. He has experienced the presence of God, the terror of the earthquake, the wind, the fire, and then even more so, the terror of just the gentle whisper. 
He goes to the entrance of the cave, and here's what happens. It says, and a voice said, what are you doing here, Elijah? The same question over again. Remember those comments and those conversations with your parents back in the day when they had to say things twice to you? It's one of those moments between God and Elijah. What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied again, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I'm the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. Now he's focusing more on God's ideas here and what God is wanting him to do, but he's still feeling a little, you know, sorry for himself. Here's the thing, you got to be smart. You have to lean in to what God is saying to you. If you carve out the time, if you go all in on saying, I am going to be disciplined, I'm going to create space in my daily routine and in my life for God to speak to me, you got to be smart. When he speaks to you, listen. Lean into what he is saying to you because his ways are higher than ours, our ways. He has a purpose and he has a plan for you. And your life, I guarantee you this, will be lived to the absolute fullest if you are listening to his voice and putting that into practice in your life. Elijah was able to experience this reality himself as he listened to God's voice here and then was able to successfully pass his legacy of faith on to the next generation. He thought he was alone, but God had a plan. It says, then the Lord told him, go back the same way you came and travel to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive there, anoint Haziel to be king of Aram. Then anoint Jehu, grandson of Nimshi, to be king of Israel, and anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from the town of Abel Mahala, to replace you as my prophet. Hold on here. Was there no one in the Old Testament times named Tom or Andy? I mean, help a guy out here, right? Those are some names. But God has a plan. He says, anyone who escapes from Haziel will be killed by Jehu, and those who escape Jehu will be killed by Elisha. Yet, I will preserve 7,000 others in Israel who have never bowed down to Baal or kissed him. See, Elijah this whole time felt like he was all alone, like he was the only one serving God, doing what he was supposed to do. And what God is doing here is he is encouraging Elijah. He is breathing life into him. He is saying, Elijah, I have a plan for you, man. Don't give up on me. Elijah, I have a plan for you. And by the way, you are not alone. There are 7,000 other people just like you, fully committed to serving me. This is a game changer for Elijah. It changes everything. And what you have to realize is God does have a plan for you. And when he speaks to you, man, you got to be still, all right? You got to be smart. You got to lean into what he's saying and listen to that. Put that into practice. And then I want to challenge you today, be strong. Walk confidently in that plan that God has for you. Because he has brought you to this time and place for a reason. He has given you the gifts and abilities. He has given you to connect people with him. And these are the moments that he creates us for. And I challenge you today, if you will just commit to creating space in your life where you can hear God's voice, your faith is going to come alive like it never has before. You're going to begin recognizing Jesus doing things in your life that you were never able to see before. Your faith will become alive. You will be living life to the fullest. It's all about discipline, though. It's all about putting these habits into practice in my life, spending time with God and in his word spending time with him in prayer, making that a daily discipline, letting the Holy Spirit guide my life on a daily basis. It's about recognizing God's creation. It's about realizing that when I put to use the time and the talent and the treasure that he has given me, God can speak through me. He has a purpose. He has a plan for you. 
And I want to challenge you today. We're going to end where we started in James chapter 4, verse 8. I challenge you, come close to God. And God will come close to you. Does God feel distant right now? You're not hearing his voice? Create space in your life for God to move. Create space to lean in and hear his voice. Because he will meet you where you are at. He will breathe life into you. And you will begin, begin to experience life to the fullest. The question today is, am I creating enough space to hear God's voice? Jesus, I thank you today for who you are, for the incredible way that you love us. It's, it's humbling to realize that you have a purpose and a plan for each and every one of us. There is not, not a single person that is here by accident that is engaging with this message today by accident or by chance. No, these are ordained moments. These are sacred moments where we realize how dearly we are loved by you. And Jesus, we realize how desperate you are to have a relationship with us. And what an amazing joy, what an amazing privilege that is to realize that when we draw close to you, Jesus, when I draw close to you, you will draw close to me. God, would you give us the discipline, the courage, the strength to draw close to you daily, to study your word, to talk with you, to spend time with you in prayer, to let your Holy Spirit guide us and direct us, to honor you and praise you through your creation and to let you use us with the gifts and abilities that you've given us all. Help us to lean into who you are, create space to hear your voice. We love you. We praise you today. We pray this in your name. Amen.